We are learning Daf Mem. We're starting right from the bottom of Lamit Tes Amid Beis. Again, we're talking about slaves going free here. So the command on the bottom line says, What happens if a slave goes and he's Makadish? He starts marrying a free woman right in front of his master. So obviously, if he's still a slave, that cannot work. He goes in front of his master brazenly and he marries a free woman. What is the law? He goes free. Why is that? It's obviously not a mechanism by which he goes free, but rather the fact that the master didn't protest is proof that he is already freedom. Top Rashi, the law of the chakra, if not for the fact that he already freed him, law of limits of Asgharan, he would not have allowed him to marry a free woman. So it's the, the lack of protest from the master, which functions as proof that he already freed him. You really hold from Rebbe so much. I have a bride. So it says, someone here, the master himself, writes a document for his for his slave woman. He gives it to her to marry her. Rebbe, she becomes free. In other words, Rabbi Meir is saying the master is not going to treat his slave as if she is a free woman unless it was true. So the fact that he's Makadashar proves that he freed her. And therefore it's about the saying no, that, that, that it doesn't prove that he's already freed her, and therefore nothing. She might be a slave woman and the condition is not valid. So obviously we go like the Chacham. So the Chacham hold that the master might treat the slave woman as a free woman, even though she doesn't it's not proof that she actually is. So therefore they would certainly say that if if the slave independently goes and is Makadish or free woman in front of the, the master, and he doesn't protest, it's not proof that the master already freed him. So the Gemara explains, no, because the Abraham Rabbi Sheila, we can answer based on something Rabbi Sheila said. We have a case, we're going to see this in a, coming up. The question is, if a slave wears filling in front of his master, does that prove he's free? So we say it, 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 that if he just puts it on in front of his master, it doesn't prove anything, because Rabbi Tefillin, he goes free if the master himself put the Tefillin on him, because if he put the Tefillin on him, he proactively did that, then we assume the slave must have been previously freed. So Akhanami applying that same concept here as well, Kesharavo is the Isha. If the master himself arranged to marry off this this slave to a free woman, it's not just that it was done in front of him, but rather that he did it. He made the arrangements to marry him to a free woman. There we assume the slave must have been previously freed. Now we can understand. Now, the problem here is, is that the Gemara is not thinking fully because as the Gemara now asks, what about the case where he himself marries it? How can that be less than where he marries mar- marries the slave to somebody else? Me, Kamidi, could they read such a thing? He wouldn't help a slave transgress in Israel. And that's why if he married her to married the slave to somebody else, that's a proof the slave's been free. But you, Avadi Surah, he would transgress the same Israel himself. If the master himself is marrying her, so 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 obviously that should be proof that she's a free woman. She's not Makudashas. So then how could it be that marrying marrying him off to another person, another free man, would be better? So therefore we have to retract our understanding. Uh, until now, we've been assuming that the whole shot of the machlokas is whether or not whether or not writing kosev shtar ish in the shivchaso was a proof that the, the master had previously freed freed the slave. So now the gemara gives us a different approach. The master told the slave one go out free from slavery with this document of kedushin and then become a kudeshes. So he didn't. He didn't just say you're Mekudashas, but, but if he would have just said you're Mekudashas, actually would have been proof. We're trying to argue now that he already had freed her. But rather, he told her, use this as a get shikher, and then, 
And then you also have Kedusha Ramer. So each Lashon is a Lashon of Ramer holds that the Lashon Ramer Kedusha could also be a Lashon of freeing. And therefore, it's good. And the reason why it could be a Lashon of freeing is because she can't marry unless she's free. So therefore, seeing Ramer Kedusha in that in the Shtar, and then if he says, I want you to become freed with this and married, so that actually can work on both levels according to Rebbe Meir. The Chalvin say, no, Lamaisa, it's not a valid Lashon of Shechor, therefore she doesn't go free and therefore she can't be betrothed. But that's all here in a case where he revealed that he didn't previously free her. He said, I want you to become free with this and married to me. That's where the Machlokas here is all about. But if he just gave it to her and says, you are free, I'm sorry, he just gave it to her and says, you're Mekudashas, that's proof that he already must have freed her as we are saying. So basically we're saying wherever the master proactively does something that is for, for the slave that's only for free people, then that is in, that is in fact a proof. That is in fact a proof that he had previously freed the, the, the slave. Whereas when the, when the, when the slave stomp does it in front of the master, then it might not be. So now we get in front of this, we get back to this till in case. Put on till in front of his master, the slave goes to freedom. Because we assume he, the, the master wouldn't tolerate that unless he actually freed him. from the bride. So love him, if the slave's master borrows money from him. Normally, you don't borrow money from a slave, you just take it. Oshas Rabba Apatrabas, or he pointed him as an Apatrabas over his property. You don't normally give him such a prestigious position. Oshinech with Philip Nerabo, put on Phil in front of his master, Shakarshul Shibazak Lisa Kanakarabo, or he read three psokim uh, in the shul in front of his master. He's called up for an aliyah, which usually you would think is disrespectful for a slave to get an aliyah. All these kids are his He doesn't go out for the freedom. Because even though it's uncommon for slaves, but the bride's holes of the mice, a master could tolerate it. So it's not a proof. So isn't it a Kashram Shuma lady? So the Marin says, we're talking about the master himself put the tefillin on him. Then we agree that it is a proof. Says the Gemara, someone who said at the time of his death, this is so and so uh, slave woman who is my slave woman. I don't want my Yarshim to enslave her after death. What is the law? The master has revealed that he doesn't want her to be a slave woman. Kovan is Yarsh, and we forced theirs. Because in Lagat Shechar, and they write for her, get Shechar. They can't do work because they can't force her to work because the master freed her from the Kenyan mama. But by, by saying it, but she still requires a <coughs> get Shechar to marry a Jew. This is Remember, we had that really fundamental machlokas. If the Kenyan mama goes away, if someone becomes Hefkir, does the Kenyan Israel also go away? But the Gemara is here, assuming, remember, we had Rabbi Yochanan's opinion is that you do need to get Shechar. So, so to hear, the get Shechar will come from the Yarshim. Now, it's interesting that the Yarshim are able to do that, that they, they, they are in the ability to give the get Shechar, even though they don't have the right to make her work. Says the Gemara, don't you agree that the children are slaves? What are, they, what are they trying to say? They're trying to say the master never instructed exactly to make her ownerless. That's not what he said. They were trying to say, you know, I don't want you to overwork her. Like, be good to her, right? He was saying, don't overwork her, but he never actually freed her. And therefore, the, the, the Yarshim do have the right of owning the slave woman here as well. And they don't have to free her because, uh, they have future children or whatever, they're not going to overwork her, but they're certainly, they still own the Kenyan Maman. Says the more different version here. Someone said the time of his death, so and so, my slave woman. She gave me a lot of satisfaction. If so, I want to reciprocate. She should be given satisfaction as well. So, what does that mean, give her satisfaction? So that we say, we explain, he wants his Yarshim to free her. COVID is Yarshim, we force the heirs, the heirs, the and of course, they give her satisfaction. And therefore, if she wants to get Shekhar, they give her one. My time, what's the reason? It's a mitzvah to fulfill the instructions from the deceased. 
deceased. So he didn't actually free the slave. But since he, he, he showed that he wanted the slave woman to be satisfied, we forced the Arshim to comply here. Says the Gemara, Amar Meimar Avdo, also someone who made his slave ownerless. The slave has no way to get remarried. He can't marry a Jewish woman because he's he doesn't have a get checker. He can't marry a slave woman because the Kenyan Mammon is uh is gone. Right? That's always Rashi's Shida that his slave who is Kenyan Mammon is gone and the Kenyan are still there. And Lutakana means he can't marry anyone. Not only can he not marry a Jewish woman because he's missing his get checker, Rashi holds he can't marry a Shifcha either because um, he's partially partially freed. So also have an in My time was the reason. Gufa lo The the guf is not owned by the master. It's only the Israel. He can't give that to uh, to his slave. A Mamer holds that this is a fascinating new possibility, a twist in the sugya we haven't seen until now. A Mamer holds that a get shekhar is effective only if it's also being matched to the mum. But once the mum is gone, so the document cannot solely come for the iser. This is a new a new perspective. So the Gemara notices that how could our Mamer say this? Rabbi Yochanan didn't hold like that. Amle Rabashi la Mamer. Bahamar Ula, Amar Yochanan Ula said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that after a slave is declared ownerless, he needs to get shekhar. That they, they they go out to freedom, but they require a get shekhar. So that indicates that indicates that a get shekhar could be effective. Amar Levi told her No, it just means he needs it, but he can't actually get it. Sometimes you say you need this. It doesn't mean it works if you get it, because you need the get shekhar. But the get shekhar can only work to be matter the moment as well. If it's being matter the moment, it's matter this. But if the moment's gone, can't be matter this. An extreme new opinion from Amir here on Dafmem. However, then the Gemara gets back to more things that we are, that we are, that that we were assuming until now. You the Amri Amar Mamer. Other people say that Mamer said a mafka out of a maze. Someone made a slave ownerless and then he died. Then also Evan Lotakana. The slave has no remedy. My time Okufelokanile. The slave's body, the gulf, he's ownerless now, is not owned by the master. It's only the Isra, Sula Brelo Maris. The issue is you can't bequeath the or as a, for as an inheritance the Kenyan Isser to the kid. So that's the issue. The master was still alive, he would give a get shekhar. But the issue is that oh, the whole thing was that the Kenyan Isser was left and you can't just give the Kenyan Isra over to the kids since you can't just give the Kenyan Isra over to the kids they won't be able to give it yet that's when there's no tech on us if someone was Mafkas writes to the slave woman and he died the Yarsham write it that was Mamash the case that we had so then so, so, so then we see that the, that, that, it, that the Kenyan Isra does go to the Yarsham and it contradicts our, our, the idea we just said that the, that, this, that the kids cannot inherit only the Kenyan Isra it says it was a mistake Remember, Rav Ami and Ravasi didn't like it. So Amalei, Maitausa, yeah, but what didn't they like? The Lamalashon Shechar, they didn't like only because the master just was talking about the, the not overworking her, not freeing her. Amalashon Shechar, but if the master had said a valid lashon of freeing her, Achanami, they would have agreed. Rav Dimi's ruling was correct, meaning you're right. There was a mistake, but it wasn't about this point. The mistake was about whether or not she was her Kenyan mom was was freed. But everyone agreed that if the Kenyan mom was freed, the Kenyan Isra was inherited by the Yarshim, and they would and they would free her. Now Maymar is saying that a Kenyan Isra is something. Which can't be inherited by the Yarshim. So I'm not going to show you this really. I will look at from over you this version of Rabbi Yochanan. According to his version, there's no machlokas because the master did not stop his, his Yarshim from fully inheriting the slave woman, right? He just wanted to satisfy her, like not, you know, make her work hard. And 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 and, and therefore the Yarshim had even the Kenyan the Kenyan Mammon. But in the Hanami, I hold whenever the Kenyan the, the, the Kenyan Mammon is gone and only the Kenyan Isra remains, then the kids cannot Yarshim just the Kenyan Isra. So we end up with a big dispute. What happens if the Kenyan Mammon is gone and the master dies? Could the kids free? And then one extreme view of Rabbi Meimar was even more than that. Even the master himself, 
a get cannot be given solely for the purpose of taking away the Kenyan answer. Says in my word, this character the Avdi, there was a settlement here of uh, of Canaanite of, of slaves, the Asmal of that they were sold by the owners to Gahim, right. So what happened? Eventually, all the Gahim died and they didn't have any Yarshim here. So just to understand something, when the slaves' first masters sold them to the Gahim, they lost their Kenyan mama. That's coming up in a Mishnah later. That if it's sold by a Jewish master, sold a slave to a guy, the slave doesn't have to work for the Jewish master, even if he escapes. But uh, you still have the Kenyan answer. So I'll come and come to Ravina. They came to Ravina. Ravina, they wanted to marry Jewish girls. Ravina said, Go find the children of your first master. And they'll write a get Only then will you be allowed to marry Jewish girls. So this gets into that whole point. You're assuming that a kid, a child, can write the, can write the get Shekhar. So I'm like, We said if one declared a slave owner, he died, the slave is no fix. Because since he doesn't own the Kenyan mama, and the Kenyan Isra can't go to the Arshim, so it contradicts what we're saying. I would like Rav Dimi, who argued on Amemar, according to Amemar, according to Rav Dimi, Rav Yochanan was saying that it, it could, the Kenyan Isra could be inherited by the Arshim. I'm related to Rav Dimi, see, it wasn't Rav Dimi's thing a mistake. What was the mistake? Only because he didn't say it in the right Lashon Shekhar. So therefore, we still have no problem saying that um, the Kenyan Itzer could go to the kids and they'll free. It was like Ravina. We pass in this way. There was a slave who was owned by two partners. One of them went and freed his half of the slave. So what happens when that when that occurs? He's half free, half slave. So we're going to learn in a mission later on that we force the one who... Who owns, who, who, who's still an owner to free it because or else the guy's not going to be able to marry anybody. So now, Amr Idach, this other partner says, Hashem, if the Rabbanan learned that I'm only a half owner, they're going to make him be lost for me, right? They're going to force me to free him. So I was like, so he, he thought, hey, I got, I'll get the rabbis. He partial, I'll get the rabbis. He transferred his ownership over to a minor son because the Rabbanan can't force a minor son to do anything. He's a minor. You don't bring, you don't sue a kid. So he thought he was going to solve it by like, by doing that. The same way he was smart, well, we're supplicating and be smart right back to him. Just as he was dishonest, something dishonest should come right back to him. Why not? We know kids love little coins. So we make an apotropos for the kid to manage the redemption part here of the slave. And the slave gives a few coins, he jiggles a few coins in front of the kid, which which incentivizes the kid to free him because to get the few coins. And then the the, 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 the apotropos will help write a document of, of, of freedom in the kid's name. So basically, the kid just wants money. He'll accept a small number of coins for freeing the slave. He doesn't hop the whole thing. So we get a apotropos to look it over, and then apotropos will, will, will help write the gachekhor, but all of it, Will be will, will will be a dishonest dealing. We're going to incentivize the kid to free them. And again, this is all because the guy did dishonest to begin with. Says the Gemara. Now we're talking about ways you free slaves. Someone says, "I have made my son so a free man." Or he is made a free man. Hariyo ben Chorin. He is free. Hariyo ben Chorin. All these cases, he becomes free. They're good lashonos of shechor. However, if he says, "I will make him free," Rabbi Markana. Rabbi still says he acquires himself. He's free. He's not acquired himself because it sounds like more of a promise to free him at a later point, but not an actual lashon shechor. Now, this is only good if they're written in a document. If they're made orally, he doesn't go. Free. We're talking about what's written in a document. Just to understand this a little bit. 
you could free a slave in an oral declaration, as we spoke about before, someone who's mafker him. That's all true because a lushan of hefker is normally made orally. But a lushan of shichur, which is what this is, a freeing, so, so shalashan shichur is typically, is typically something which is recorded in a document, and therefore it has to be specifically specifically in a document, or else he's not going, um, he's not going to go free. Says the Gemara Tana Rabbanon Omer and Sati Plonis Plonis. Someone says similar idea. I've given such a field to someone, someone who's Plonis. It's given to Rabbi Shalom. It is his. Rabbi Shalom it becomes his. He's indicating he's transferring the field to the recipient. However, if he said at Nenel Plonis, I will give it in the future. Rabbi Yomer Kana. Rabbi still says he acquires. Not. It's just a, a future promise. The same thing. Only if it's in a star, but not if it's done orally, because normally ownership is done. Ownership of land is transferred through a payment of star, so therefore oral statements alone are not um, are not binding. Says What happens if the master says he confesses he's already freed his slave, but the slave denies the claim? He says no, he didn't free me. So who do we believe? Do we believe the master and he's free, or do we believe the slave and he's not free? So we say could be the master gave him a get or through a third party. Remember, we learned this back on Daf Aleph that a master can be mezaka another agent to accept a document for the slave even without the slave's knowledge because it's good for the slave. You can do something good for a person without his knowledge. So we assume the master did that, and therefore the slave is free. The Bible continues, but if the master said, I wrote it and I gave it to him, he used those words. For who Omer and the slave says, he didn't write for me, he didn't give it to me, then he's not free. Why? When someone admits something, it's like a hundred witnesses saying it. So here in our case, it's like a hundred witnesses are telling us that we believe the slave's story. The, now, what's interesting here is that why don't you have it the other way? This, the master is also admitting he freed, and we still believe the slave because there's some element that we might not, we say the master may have presumed the slave did receive it when he actually did not do so. Okay. Um, or other regions say you have chazaka, right? It's like is that he was a slave, so we assume he's still a slave. Continue. Someone said, I gave a field to someone. So he admits, I gave him the field. But the recipient says, he didn't give it to me. Same thing. We're concerned. We believe the, 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 the giver because we say, maybe it was the star through a third party. Says the Gemara, however, if he said, I wrote and I gave it to him. He didn't write or give it to me. You say, it's like a hundred witnesses and we believe the recipient's story. Then who ate the, the produce of the field? Meaning, if we believe the recipient's story, so so he didn't receive the field. So who now eats the fruits? So Rav so the giver, the original owner, because we are assuming the field is still his. Rav no, we gave the produce to a third party. He's going to hold it until Yehovah Navi will, will come and tell us who owns the field. So what's up, Shabbat Lopli? Haba Ava. Chris was talking about the, the, by the father, the recipient himself. He's believed. He for sure knows. That's why the owner is going to eat the produce. Haba Bra. Rabbi was talking about where's the son of the recipient. He inherited the, the recipient's estate. So he's not fully believed when he contradicts the owner because he might not be so knowledgeable about what his father's affairs were. So therefore, in that case, if the, the notion says, I gave it, and, and the recipient's son is saying you didn't, then we say that we give the fruits to a third party instead of anyone having them.